This is Hitting the Mark. Conversations with founders about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success. With your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Geierhalter. If you have an audience and you want to tap that audience for their marketing promotional skills, crowdfunding is great. Or if you don't have an audience, but you really need kind of more strategic advice, advice from people who are going to sit on your board and be advisors. And usually it's guys and gals, you know, who have founded companies, exited companies. That's where angel venture capital is really good. So it's kind of like, do you need a little marketing promotion boost or do you need, you know, deep strategic advice? And frankly, you can go for both, right? It just takes more work. This was Nathan Beckard, who founded Foundersuite, a brand that pretty much every founder heard of, used, or referenced. Nathan and I discuss if infusing brand into early-stage startup pitch decks is of importance, if a catchy or a descriptive tagline suits a startup better, the power of community in brand building, and we talk about Foundersuite's Teddy Talks, which include a ginormous teddy bear. A rather varied and fun conversation that any startup founder or those working with startups should listen to. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank the latest supporter of the show, Show Rust, who joined the startup circle and whose brand management AI platform, show.ai, S-H-O.ai, I can highly recommend to anyone in charge of bringing style guides to life. See, if you join you can actually get a free ad out like Show just did. <laughs> if you want to up the ante with your brand or your creative business while offsetting some of the costs of bringing Hitting the Mark to you every three weeks, then join this small group of brand strategists and entrepreneurs from across the globe who hop on monthly advisory calls with yours truly. You can head on over to patreon.com slash hittingthemark and do so. And now without further ado over to my inspiring conversation with Nathan. Welcome to the show, Nathan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's fantastic having you. Um, so so I'm, I'm quite involved in the startup world, having been a mentor at Founder Institute for, gosh, uh, over nine years now across the globe. Um, so I've talked with thousands of early stage founders. I even invested in some, as usually is the case. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm on the advisory board of a couple of them. Um, recently, I launched my own product startup uh, called Tone Optic, which was a pretty big leap of faith uh, on, on my part. And regardless of where I am in this universe of startups in which I'm, I'm, I'm always in one way or the other, um, you know, acting, it is impossible not to stumble across Founder Suite. Um, Sophia Amoroso of, uh, of Girl Boss, she noted that Founder Suite has been paramount to her fundraising process. The founder of, of Startup Grind, he said uh, about your brand that all startups need it. How did it all begin? I guess like seven and a half years ago or so. Like, like where, where did it start? How did where it start? Where did it start? It you know, it doesn't, it, it's kind of shocking to me when you give a, an age to it because it doesn't feel that long. It feels like it's been two or three years, but we're kind of, I guess, old in startup years. You know, it's like dog years. So you haven't um, been doing the startup grind then enough because it should, it, seven years should feel like 14 years in startup world. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it goes faster. It goes faster when you're having fun. And so I right. think that's why it's shocking. You know, how did it start? So 
kind of like what you just described with your product launch. I was a consultant, uh, first an investment banker, helping companies raise later stage rounds of capital. And then I was a consultant under my own brand shingle called Venture Archetypes that I formed with a couple friends and we were helping early stage companies raise capital. And it was fun to be a consultant and, you know, work with lots of different companies, lots of different startup founders. But I always wanted to build a product. And, you know, eventually we we just kind of came up with this idea, like, let's just build software for raising capital. We know this space really, really well. Um, and so it started as a little side project, kind of a little, uh, you know, hired some offshore developers to build an MVP and put it out there and get some feedback. And it just took on a, a bit of a life of its own, enough to to spin it out to into its own company, Foundersuite Inc., foundersuite.com. And it's been off to the races ever since. So that's kind of the short Genesis story. So, so when you, I'm, I'm interested, this is this is kind of like the on the nose question, but did you take mm. any funding yourself with Foundersuite <laughs> in the beginning with your MVP version? Sure. No, it's a great question. We, we did. We did raise a a seed round with one venture firm out of New York called FFVC, John Frankel, great, great team there. And then a bunch of angels, um, pretty great angels. Like we had the first COO of Twitter, the first finance person of Facebook, you know, coming in as angels, writing us smaller, medium sized checks. So yeah, we did. Um, and it, it was not easy though, to raise our own capital. It was a big struggle for five, six months. And, of course, speaking of branding, I was really worried that if we were not able to raise capital, given the fact that we sell software for raising capital, that it would immediately tank the brand. <laughs> Obviously, that's the on-the-nose yeah. question, right? That, that, yeah. that's, that's number one. And then number two is, did you already at that time have the MVP built and did you already use it to actually find and reach out to, to those early stage investors? So we did with a little asterisk. We had an MVP built, but it was actually a slightly different product. The original vision was to build a, a this comprehensive suite of tools for founders, hence the name Founder Suite. Yeah. And, and so we actually had other products in there as well. We had our investor CRM, um, and but we had like a, a media PR tool. We had a competitive tracker. We had an idea validation tool. And our, our branding, our tagline at that point was tools to get startup shit done. And our thought <laughs> process was like, Let's build this umbrella of products, you know, to help founders with all kinds of different stuff. The problem, so, but then we changed, then we pivoted, we used that to raise money, raise that seed round, then we pivoted and really focused, doubled down, tripled down just on the raising capital piece and killed off everything else, changed our, our tagline, changed our branding, you know, kind of pivoted the company, I guess you could say. How involved were the investors in in uh, in opening up that that pivotal moment for you? Did did they provide a lot of that input and saying, "Wait a minute, but this is where it really hurts"? No, almost the opposite in some ways. I don't want to say I felt like I gave them a bait and switch, but I I pitched them on this vision of this broad set of tools, yeah. and then then like six months or eight, I don't know, a year later, eight months later, maybe I kind of came back to them like, "Hey guys." Thanks for your money. I know you invested in <laughs> in this vision, but these tools aren't really working. The, the only thing people are really using is this 
fundraising tool called Investor CRM. So I really want to just see. double down on that. Yeah. And, and the Founder Suite name, it, it, it's it still kept working for you because it's still a suite of tools. They just happen to be very focused, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, I mean, it's a, a friendly name, even though it's funny. Uh, my European engineers call it Founder Suit. Which is which is fine. <laughs> so so hold hold that thought right here, right? Because okay. you're talking to someone with a pretty strong German accent. I can't <laughs> I can't help it, right? Um, my listeners, most of them are already used to that abuse, but um, it's so interesting because it is a problem. And so when I prepped for the podcast, I literally next to found a suite, I wrote in brackets sweet <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I don't screw it up because it is something that we all like to screw up. I don't know why. But it, but it is true. So yeah. Besides, but but that's not really a problem for 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 the, for your brand name. That's more a problem for us Europeans. Yeah, and and the previous business was called Venture Archetypes, which I thought it was a good, clever name. But I had to spell the word archetype like seven times a day, seven days a week. You know, like yeah. it was a, a horrible name for having to try and spell it, and people could never remember it. And yeah. <laughs> It's a big one and it's a lofty name too, right? And what what does archetype stand for, right? And and so I mean it kind of like with founder suite, you know this is for founders and there there's 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 a suite of some sort of tools, right? And then yeah. and then the rest you do in your brand messaging and all of that stuff. Um let me let me ask you about, you know, the the the, the chicken chicken or egg situation because obviously you're a two-sided marketplace, right? You have you know, I guess 200,000 investors, maybe more. Uh, I mean, a, a super impressive number. But how did you build up that database? I mean, without investors, you obviously had no company to launch. But how do you get investors if you have no company to show? Well, so I'll try to not get too deep into the weeds, but we originally launched with a CRM for managing investor pipeline. So after we raised some money, we did our pivot and our, we kind of rebuilt, we threw out all the code, threw out all the products, started from scratch to rebuild. And we are first launched with an investor CRM. So this is a, a CRM like, you know, Salesforce or Pipedrive or HubSpot, but it's really used to just manage and track an investor pipeline. And at the time we actually had a plugin to AngelList uh, API, they had an API at that point, where we could pull in investor data from from AngelList. But then they decided, yeah, so that was how we kind of got off the ground. It was a pretty nice little, uh, I don't know, hack or workaround. Um, and, but then they decided to close that API. They, sh they killed it off completely. So we had to start from scratch to build our own database. And that, uh, but at that point, you already had 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 um, all of that data, right? So you had something to build upon. We sort of we didn't we didn't extract or you know vacuum up all of Angela's database that was not of allowed or available to us. Um, but we, you know, we we did we did start to have some pretty good sources of data by that point, and you know. To make a long story short, we started to build this database by doing some automated data gathering, some you know spidering, crawling. We had some MBA interns like going page by page on venture firm websites, <laughs> gathering information. Very, and we still are doing that. Actually, I mean, we still have a very human component doing a lot of that. And then we also purchased some data sets from, like, there was a recruiter 
private equity recruiter that was retiring. So we bought his entire database. So we started to kind of, you know, pull data from a few different sources. I see. Okay. Ma makes makes sure. tons of tons of sense. And I mean, now we're talking about you you starting this seven, seven and a half years ago. Um, obviously, by now, your household name in the startup world. But I mean, how are things changing now, right? Because I mean, there, there, there must be so many more competitors where before there were none. Um, there are new models like WeFunder on the horizon, uh, and, and I'm sure there are more to come. Um, how how do you how are things changing for you as a brand? Like, are you constantly uh, innovating? Are you already so strong as a brand that you feel like you have enough market share? Like, how, how do you how do you see that market changing? Yeah, it's a good question. There's there's a lot to that. There's you're absolutely right. There's like a new competitor launching every week. It feels like it's kind of crazy. When yeah. we launched, there was no very few, pretty much no one. There was AngelList. There was, I think PitchBook was around. There was, you know, there was a, a small number of folks doing kind of in this space. Um, I, I think, and, and we were almost too early, right? People are, are kind of telling us back then, like, you're too early. Why are you going after this market? And now it's kind of validated it, that decision years ago, you know, because there's so many people coming at this space. But there's basically like almost identical clones or, or people trying to do you know the same sort of thing we have you know a pretty healthy head start on both brand customer awareness and product feature set it does it's non it's non-trivial to build you know a suite of tools with all the functionality um so we've got direct cl clones coming after us we have kind of alternative fundraising sources like you mentioned we funder crowdfunding we're partners with most crowdfunding, like we're actually pretty close with WeFunder. I was on WeFunder's podcast last week. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, Embrace them, yeah, right? It, Embrace the competitors. <laughs> it, it, well, that's a really, yeah, that could be a whole topic on its own. Because Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I do think there's definitely a little overlap, but there's also some complementary use cases. Just for example, you're a startup, you want to raise capital. Uh, maybe, you know, I'm thinking and seeing this more and more where maybe you go, use founder suite to raise angel and venture but at the same time you activate your community your customer base and do a crowdfunding campaign right so you could kind of do both in parallel because different goals really yeah your audiences yeah yeah exactly and i mean that's that's what's happening so much now right it's 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 building it's building um a tribe and it's not so much about the money that you get with a lot of these crowdfunding uh, campaigns yeah it's the, the very short summary, as I see it in today's world, if you have an audience and you want to tap that audience uh, for their marketing promotional skills, crowdfunding is great. Or if you don't have an audience, but you really need kind of more strategic advice, um, advice from people who are going to sit on your board and be advisors, and usually it's guys and gals, you know, who have founded companies, exited companies. That's where angel venture capital is really good. So it's kind of like, do you need a little marketing promotion boost or do you need, you know, deep strategic advice? And frankly, you can go for both, right? It just takes yeah. more work. Yeah, no, exactly. And I was just about to say, well, if you're a startup, you need both. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, it is as, I mean, the reason why you exist is because, 
you know, finding finding funding is a humongous pain. Uh, and you alleviate, you, you don't alleviate the pain, you make it less painful, but it is yeah. a lot of work. Um, it's a hustle and it takes a lot long time. Um, and, and I, myself with my startup, I've, I've been, I've been bootstrapping it. Uh, you know, I, you know, I've been lucky to be able to fund it myself so far, but you know, after like 20, 30, $40,000 at some point, you're like, all right, um, should I start, <laughs> you know, should, should I actually start looking for investment? And yeah. And I understand what it takes, and it takes it takes quite a lot. It's not it's not it's it's not an easy it's not an easy uh, easy place to go to. It's very hard. It's way harder than people think it's going to be. <laughs> Which yeah. is, it, it you know it actually proves our use case because we like you said do make it a little bit easier, a little take away some of the friction pain points. Yeah, um, we get founders coming to us all the time. Like, holy crap! I didn't realize how hard this is. I need I need some help on this. Um, and it's way harder than I think the media portrays it because you're reading constantly of all these startups raising these massive rounds on a back of a napkin idea, which, you know, it does happen, but that's the one in 10,000, you know, scenario, right? Oh, so, totally. Um, totally. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like you, you often read, of, you know, on LinkedIn, it's like, finally, we can, we can have this news, you know, like we raised XX, you know, but you know, by the finally, that means, boy, they've been, they've been working on this for, you know, six, 12, you know, whatever, 18 months. Um, you know, something that you said before uh, reminded me of, uh, of, 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 you know, my own journey here. That's, that's really only been six months in my, in my product startup world. Um, you talked about well, if if you if you want in, in investors, if you want angels, um, you know, if if you want that board of directors, and if you want that advice, that strategic advice along the way, this is a really good way to go. Um, something that I've done from from literally day one. I mean, before far before I had a product, when I was still in the R and D phase, when I was still kind of like setting up the whole brand, I created an advisory board, um, mm -hmm. and I put advisors on the board that had that knew all of the things I didn't know. So they were in the product space, they were in the audio space, they were in 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 the in in the music space because that's where my startup functions, but I'm not in that space, right? I'm the consumer, I'm on that side. Um but so even if you don't go and 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 actually have a board of directors. You can still have an advisory board, and they are usually pretty easy to please. <laughs> you know, it's like there's mm -hmm. a there's a way because they want to help, and as long as you don't, you know, uh, as long as you you don't take advantage of the relationship. But to me, that was insanely important to 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 have some to have to have this this board and to have these people to just every month come with like fifteen questions <laughs> like. Oh my God, we only have 60 minutes. Let's go. Right. And it's like, here are all my questions. And for them, it's super easy. They're like, yeah, yeah, we've been through that 10 times. Here's what you should yeah. do. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you. You just saved me another five days of researching. And yeah. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, let's um let, let's let's go back. Let's go back to um to found a suite from 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 a you know from from a from a journey. So at what point did you feel there was this big breakthrough um, where you felt like, well, obviously it was when you actually got 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 in, in, investment when you had a round. But but besides that, when did you feel like, you know what, at this point, this is less of 
a transactional platform, but it's actually turning into it's turning into a brand. It's turning into the name is being you know used by a lot of people. You know, people understand what Founder Suite is in the industry. And was there a pivotal moment where you said? Well, there was this one day when I was, you know, at South by Southwest and this and this happened mm -hmm. or like, or, or, or in the news or was there one pivotal moment where you're like, oh my God, this is it. We're turning into a brand. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I love it. it the, the crazy thing is we have, I have had those moments. I remember even maybe just two years into it, I was shopping at Target down in South of Market um, on like Howard and second or third street and i had a founder seat t-shirt on and some guy walked up to me and was like hey founder suite i downloaded some of your templates and it saved me all this money and i'm like oh cool great did you subscribe <laughs> no i didn't subscribe but you know <laughs> and you're like oh, goodbye <laughs> okay well i guess that's better than nothing um yeah, we've had a few of those recognition moments, and that's really fun. It, but it there really isn't like this big epiphanal moment or pivotal moment. It's been a lot of just small incremental steps, I have to say, you know, where and, and frankly, it kind of matches the product development where even for the first call it two years, I mean, the product was really basic. We'd lose a lot of people because it didn't have XYZ in it or, you know, it was missing this functionality or you couldn't invite team members. Very, I mean, there's a thousand things, right? And so right, right. Yeah. incrementally, every week, every two weeks, you're doing a code release where you're addressing these bugs, you're addressing some of these issues. And it just, that's the beauty of software is it, you know, incrementally gets better and better. Like every two weeks on a code release, it's the product is getting incrementally better and you add that up over a period of years and it, it, i think it was maybe almost like three or four years into it i sort of had that pivotal moment just to myself not from a external user where i'm like the product's actually pretty good now like I actually, <laughs> you know it's like you send the tweet out hey it. guys you know like after a couple of years now we actually have a good product <laughs> yeah it's actually legitimately like i'm not just there, there's the the i think almost all founders have this you know, reality distortion field attitude where you're believing your own bullshit that, you know, and you're promoting your own bullshit. Like, hey, this is... <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, not me, but everyone else. Sure. Not yeah. you. <laughs> but obviously, reality has to catch up to that. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, and, and I mean, think of all the great promoters, Steve Jobs and everyone else, like, that have had that uh, selling the vision, the product, ultimately... It, has to catch up to that and and it finally did after three, three or four years and that was beautiful and so that's nice well and and that's the whole idea of vision right to write it down and to then afterwards chase it chase it right mm -hmm. it, it shouldn't be that far-fetched it should be aspirational and inspirational but it should still be something that you know you can actually achieve if you work your butt off yep yep but geez there's so much pain along the way just like people canceling yelling at you because something didn't work right. I mean, there's, there's oh, a lot yeah. of like... Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I'm in the product startup and uh, product space now, but the product is not digital. It's actually a physical... It's a physical thing, right? Mm. Um, that, that that I'm building. And it's the exact same thing with software, actually. It's like t every two weeks, we also make it better, right? Because there are things where you feel like, oh, this can be, you know, this can be, uh, you know, improved upon or wouldn't it be nice if, right? And so I think yeah. with any product, right, uh, that that's, that, that's what happens. Um, 100 percent. 
Um, from 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 a branding level, besides Founder Suite, very nicely owning the orange colors, right? It, it looks to me that that creating valuable content for founders and, and and nourishing these personal connections within the startup space, building that community, um, those really seem to me from the outside looking into your brand that those are some of the key ways in which you create that that brand bond with 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 your with with your people is that is that a fairly correct assertion I think so I think so I I I really wish we could have more more of a like true dedicated community I think we have a loose community you know and and in the past we used to hold events semi-regularly, mostly in San Francisco, but also in New York. And we've done them in Austin where we'd actually get together with our users. And that was just magical. Of course, that all went away for a couple of years. Sure. Um, hopefully we'll bring it back. You know, I think it's, I think it's, um, I really would love to have, I think I, in a former life, lived on a hippie commune or something where, you know, <laughs> everyone just loved each other. Because I would love to create that on a, on an island somewhere where all the founders go and, and live and create, you know? <laughs> well, I think that island is called the interweb, and I think there's yeah. a space and place for that. And and I, I mean, I, I I I do feel that that for that that you are uniquely in a space to actually do that, right? Because you already have that entry point, right? You already have to kind of like pay an entrance price to be part of Founder Suite, and then within there, yep. it is actually more than just the tools. It's actually a community that you might be able to find in the future, which. Even if it's a self-run community, because we all know communities are very difficult because you have to actually, you know, play police in it. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 that idea that all the founders are are using who are using Founder Suite, they all have the same problems, right? They have the same goals, they have the same aspirations, they fall into the same traps and they get you know, it, it, it's a pretty it would be a pretty nice thing to do. We're taking baby steps in that direction. We not too long ago, just a month or so ago, released a a feature called user generated, or I think we called it crowdsourced feedback or user generated reviews. Basically, if you have just went and pitched an investor, will prompt you to just leave some, you know, positive notes about that investor, or even just tips about that investor. Maybe you learned that you know that investor is really looking for companies that have. $50,000 monthly re recurring revenue, or they only invest in Austin-based startups. They don't invest outside the region. Whatever yeah. the little piece of intel you've been able to gather, we're trying to capture that from the our field army, meaning our customers, and like in even in the little like title of this review section we've created, it's like, why should I do this? Because, you know, founder karma is real and you pay it forward, you'll awesome. get it back to you. And so we're trying yeah. to kind of create that um, user generated layer from our community. And I think we can take that even in a few other directions, you know, eventually. Absolutely. No, I think I think that's that's fantastic. And it, and, and and I see I see Founder Suite doing things like that from the outside where where it feels like there's content being generated. You've got a certain you've got a very specific tribe with specific pain points. So it it is it is very on the nose to do that. But I'm glad I'm glad to see yeah. you see you do that. Um talking about talking about, you know, investors and pitching, how important do you see um, a kick-ass pitch deck being that is not only, you know, well thought through and well designed and has the right, you know, slides to answer all the questions, but 
but but but also that goes into the brand. So so pitch decks where you feel like uh, and don't feel on the spot because you know it's a brand guy talking. So don't worry about okay. that. Right? <laughs> We're not gonna get suddenly disconnected. And I'm like, sorry, Nathan suddenly left. But but how important do you think if 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 there's if there's you know startup A that has a lousy brand that didn't spend any time on the name and on the logo and on the vision, mission, values, none of that, and it's just kind of like a, a very bare bones you know idea deck versus one where they go big into the brand. Do you think that's important? important for investors of early stage startups today or not? I think I haven't seen startups really put a, a slide in their deck. Like I have not seen them put in a slide saying this is our brand, this is what it stands for, so on and so forth. But I do think the overall look, feel, impression, emotional connection that the pitch deck has, and that can be colors, fonts, everything the way you kind of your your tone in the titles of each slide i think that all does reflect and is really really important like i like to tell founders your pitch deck should do a couple things like if you present it or even if i just read it it should spark something in me on an emotional level it should you know move me emotionally and also yeah. move me kind of uh my left brain or right brain i forget which on a financial basis too, right? I should also kind of get greedy looking at your deck, right? So it's <laughs> right, right, totally. Of um, course, that's what it's about. So, but especially on that emotional piece, yeah, the brand is is super critical, and a lot of decks make the mistake of being just too too Clinical. dry, boring, yeah. too cluttered, etc. Yeah, no, I love that you say that because it doesn't need to go to the extreme of like, here are our core values and here's our mission, right? It's I I personally think it would be amazing if we would get that insight of like, look, we already we are we already thinking deep on a brand and culture level about our company. I think it's wonderful if it would happen. Um, it can only be a positive as long as you answer all the other questions <laughs> and not leave them out. Yeah. Uh, but but what you said is important. It's not it's not just the design, uh, but it's also that you have a very specific specific voice right that when people go through the deck they're not just they're not just they're not just seeing an idea but they actually f get a feeling for the humans behind it and how how they would how how they would be represented in the company and how the, what 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 voice the brand would would have i think it's important when you invest to get a feel of like oh this is how it works i mean if you think about a company like liquid death you know <laughs> i mean it's like it, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a deck that says, you know, let's put water into cans and, you know, be the mm -hmm. responsible, sustainable company. And we just don't have a name yet. No, it would be crazy, the deck, right? Because it has to be. It has to be, you know, one to one with that philosophy. And I think that philosophy should come out early on. I would love to see their deck, by the way. I think that would be really, really interesting because they raised the money. I'd oh, totally. Curious, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I interviewed uh, I interviewed the founder a, a long time ago. It was kind of like it, it's one of my one of my uh, most uh, most played shows because you know he was he, he's from LA. He's from Pasadena. Uh, he went to the same school uh, that I did, and I read about him here in the local business journal right before anyone kind of knew what they are and who they are, and it and so I kind of got a legs up with him, and it's it, it's a Amazing. I mean, really, really great story. Um, so, so Nathan, you you see you see startups grow into brands. You you created your your own brand over 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 years, um, and not only one, right? But what does what does branding mean to you? 
Um, it, I know it's a big question. It can be philosophical. It doesn't need to. But, but uh, you know, branding very often, everyone just says, oh, it's a logo, right? But, but we know there's more. But what does, it, what does it mean to you? You know, to me, it's, it's the, that it kind of goes back to what we just talked about with the deck, where it's that emotional feeling I get uh, when, when interacting with a business, when looking at their materials, when looking at their website, when hearing the, the founders or other key employees speak about it, about, about the business, you know, it's, it's that feeling I get. I know that's fuzzy and intangible. No, it is. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. think, I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I, I sometimes even call it, it's a vibe. Right, it's a certain right, yeah. vibe you get. You get, you get a different vibe from, uh, from, from, you know, from from one company over the other, even though their product is identical. And absolutely, yep. That's kind of at the heart of it. So I, I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, nothing fussy about that because that's branding. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like this weird, this weird thing, right? Which is really hard to describe. That's why I love to ask the questions because I like to ask difficult questions like the next one, um, where, you know, I'm trying and, and I ask it all the time. So my listeners know that, um, what is one word that can describe your brand? So if you think about, if you think about companies, it, it, they usually want to portray one or two emotions, right? Um, and, and, and so when you think about founder suite, what if you would have to funnel it down to one or two words? What would they be that describe holistically overall your brand? I am gonna do two words because they were the first two words that popped in my head, <laughs> but they are uh, it's optimistic and future. Optimistic and future. I'm happy that's, to kind of elaborate. No, that's at the heart of it, right? Because if you're not if you're not an optimist, don't start fundraising, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, if you walk in with a negative attitude, you are going to get less than zero back. Um, and and future is what you provide, right? I mean, that's uh, you know, you you are you you help build, you you help founders build a future company because you provide the channel to, to investment. Yep, exactly. That's right. It's, you nailed it. Yep. I can elaborate on that, but you, you nailed it right there. I think you have to, you know, the people that are on our platform, these are people who have aspirations. They're, they have a dream. <laughs> they have a dream. They're thinking about the future. They're optimistic. They can make this dream happen. They have a lot of hopes uh, coming in. You know, they're, Pro pro probably still a little naive, not jaded yet, because they haven't been yep. beat down, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> which is why they can be optimistic. But you know, uh, that's also the beauty of it. I think so. Totally, totally. If you would, if you would uh, give give early stage founders any brand advice, where you say, "Look, this this is what I've seen over my years. You know, building building my own brand and in the marketplace, like any kind of advice you would give them to say, look, you know, like here here's from a branding perspective, right? Like here, here here's one thing that I think is important, or here's one yeah. thing that I wish I would have done differently, or you know, it could also be one of your fails where you felt like, oh shoot, <laughs> you know, could have done that differently." So I'll go back to our little story and our pivot. When we when we launched the first version of Founder Suite, our tagline, uh, I think I mentioned it was tools to get startup shit done. And we would put that on our t-shirts and and we would have like a demo booth at TechCrunch Disrupt. And we would, you know, we would go to Jason Calacanis' launch festival and have a booth there. 
and people, and we even had that on stickers, you know, we had that all over the place and people loved that tagline tools to get startup shit done. It's funny. It's cheeky. Um, the problem we had is it doesn't mean anything like, so you, I, you could love our logo and our tagline, but if you ask someone, so what does Founders Suite actually do? You have no clue what we actually do. So we changed it kind of begrudgingly <laughs> because people would, it had such a reaction because people would like walk by the booth and like, you know, almost like a like a fly to a, a light or something, they would get drawn over to the booth, right? But uh because it didn't mean anything, it created a lot of confusion. And so we changed it to software for raising capital, which I know is quite boring, but it also is descriptive enough that people like get it what we do. And if you are an entrepreneur and you're raising capital, the light bulb goes off in a much easier way. So, you know, in a perfect world, you've got some logo or, or tagline or, or even just overall brand that both has that fun, playful connection and also describes what you do. <laughs> I, 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 I yeah. could, uh, you know, uh, listen, I, I think this is such great advice. Uh, one that I often give founders too, where, where I say, look, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have something fun, right? But it's, but as a, as a startup in the very early stages, meaning literally the first year or two, it is much better to have something that's more descriptive because people just need to get to know you. Like, what do you do? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then afterwards, as you go, as you go on, right. At some point you can become the just do it in your, you know, like in your, in your, yeah. in your segment. But in the beginning you want to spell it out because you knew no one knows what the heck you're doing. Right. Yeah. I like it. And yeah, I love that. I love that. Like, uh, that would actually like Nike's just do it. That is a perfect example. I'd be curious if they had an original slogan, like, cause I think they started making track shoes, you know, I, I think so too. Exactly. I, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm almost certain that that was pre pre-agency work, right? Where at that point they most probably, maybe they didn't even have a tagline, right? That, that's an interesting thing. And I'm sure some of our listeners are going to be very opinionated and quickly set us straight of how it actually went down. <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's good. It's, it's funny that you said, uh, you know, that, that you talked about Jason because I'm actually, and we talked about board members. I'm actually on the advisory board of, uh, of his launch uh, growth university. So, which, oh, cool. which, now is velocity growth, um, but uh, but another name change. It's all on all on topic here. Um, mm -hmm. I love that. Listen, we are we are we're coming close. We're coming close to our, our time. So I've got one last question. Uh, how was schlepping a ginormous teddy bear for your teddy <laughs> talks through South by Southwest this year? <laughs> <laughs> was it rewarding? So fortunately, uh, or. I was, I never had to carry the, the bear. Um, so for people listening, just picture, I think the thing, the picture of teddy bear that I think it is like seven feet tall. It is. It's like almost truly, real life bear. <laughs> it is truly ginormous. It's very, very large. It's shockingly large. And we got this like custom printed with the founder suite t-shirt on. And, and what Fabian's talking about is we would go around and my, my marketing, gals hilda and ingvild who are from norway um would carry this thing around and they would find entrepreneurs and they'd sit down with them and one would film while the other uses the microphone and interviews these entrepreneurs and founders uh usually about like hey do you have a little funding hack or tip for 
audience. So it would be like a TED talk, but it was Teddy talk. So kind of stealing <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> um, it, it was really fun. It got a lot of attention. It's friendly. It's yeah. People would come up and just want to like cuddle with the bear. Cause it's warm and welcoming, you know, <laughs> right. Um, not too edgy, <laughs> you know? Um, and it was fun. So I feel a little bit sorry for, for Hilda who carried that bear almost everywhere. Well, that's she what would... they get. That's what they get paid the big bucks for. Right. It was her idea for the record. It wasn't like, Oh, there Nathan, you go. It wasn't abuse. Okay. It wasn't, abuse. <laughs> it wasn't Nathan saying, Hilda, I'm assigning you to care. It was her idea from the starts and it was a great idea. And a great idea that she regretted within 20 minutes of schlepping that thing around. Most probably. Well, to be totally fair, she actually had this idea in 2019 when we went to South by Southwest and she repeated it. So again, I can exonerate myself because she, you know, <laughs> did it again for 2022. It's so, a it's a it's a fun uh, idea and it's perfect for South by Southwest where you know it's it 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 stands out and it's leisurely and uh, now it was it was really fun I, I I was cracking up when I saw it. Hey, what's what's next for the Founder Suite brand? Uh, what what are you excited about? You know the next the next uh, six six months that you can you can share with us. Yeah, we're doing a pretty big uh, redesign of the platform since we we are six years old. You know it's been been a few years since we've done a major redesign changing color patterns and just freshening everything up that's pretty exciting nice and then you know kind of like what yeah what we discussed a little bit um really trying to get more community involvement in this fundraising is still really hard and you know going back to like that crowdsourced tips and insights if if you just pitched bill Gurley at benchmark and you've got a, a little bit of insight for me as the next person to go pitch him that's hugely valuable. So I think we're going to keep working on that. Um, in terms of the brand, I think the brand will stay. Um, it's funny because we are debating changing up the logo right now. There's a lot of debate about that. Do it. The Go for it. Pattern. Push forward. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Nothing better than change after six years. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, though. It's hard when you're. Well, there's uh, the, yeah. my wise my wise uh, piece of advice is there's always a way to bring to bring an old logo into the now and keeping keeping some resemblance and some of the colors that you nicely own in the space and there's a way to get past that shock uh, the founder shock of like something new right because for you it's mm -hmm. it's been it's been forever uh, but there's a way there's a way to keep pushing forwards without losing uh, losing some of the brand legacy that you built over all all, all those years. That's interesting. Yeah, good, good. So well, let's go for it. Go for it. We'll uh, we'll we'll be excited to follow it and and to see it happen or not happen, but hopefully happen at some point. Um, how can how can um, uh, my my listeners follow you either personally, um, you know, not creepily as in following you, but online, um, or or get to know uh, Founder Suite? Yeah, I'll start with that. Founder Suite is simply at www f-o-u-n-d-e-r-s-u-i-t-e.com foundersuite.com that's not complex um, you 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 spelled it out for europeans i know what you did there <laughs> <laughs> exactly. so for people like fabian this is how foundersuite is spelled <laughs> exactly and then um i'm pretty active on linkedin um reach out mention you you heard heard about us on hitting the mark podcast um you know, happy to connect with you. We put a lot of good like startup focused content about once or twice a week. We'll post like sample investor lists or sample cap table or term sheet, like really pretty good stuff on LinkedIn. So that's good. And then I guess just 
last thing I'd mention really quick is we do have our own podcast called How I Raised It. Um, How I Raised It, which is on iTunes and Spotify. And it's just interviews with founders getting into the weeds of how they raised capital, basically. And I listened to it and I thought it was really, really interesting. And I will keep listening to it. So I'm glad you actually mentioned it because I forgot to do that. Well, I'm excited to listen to Shit That I Knit. One of yeah. your episodes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you have it. you have to catch up, uh, and everyone else who's listening and who hasn't who hasn't listened to those two episodes, shit that I knit and liquid death. If you if you want to do something differently, listen to those two because it's really really inspirational. And I don't have to tell you to listen to this episode because you already did. So everything is good. All right. Nathan, thank you so much for taking the taking the time. I know you're a busy a busy man. Uh, lots of lots of things going on, but it was it was really really uh, delightful for you to share some of your insights and and your journey uh, and a little bit about uh, about how how your brand has been built over the over the last I said seven and a half, but it's really only six years. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's really this was a fun episode. I'd love to do it again sometime, perhaps. Absolutely, my pleasure. Nathan Beckard of Founder Suite, a founder who raised funds for a fundraising tool and over time built a recognizable brand in the startup space himself. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I have the conversation. And if so, please subscribe, rate, and share the show. Hitting the Mark is produced, as always, by my consultancy, Finian, where we create clarity for brand transformations. The episode was edited by Everett Barton, and the Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time, when we once again will be hitting the mark.